Down and down again. Oh. I got so high, left my frown in the wind. Oh. Hard, I tried, never try it again. Cause these niggas is lying again. Oh. I'm a black lion, I roll like a tire. Girl, in my dreams, I don't sleep, I don't oh. find her. If they sleep and they need a reminder, this is for niggas who think we minor. Niggas. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. I see things a little differently. Your last Wednesday show of the year. Super excited to be here. As of this recording, it's actually the first Sunday of December, and I'm actually. <clears throat> Kind of, str- I had this show ready to go. I just hadn't had a chance to record it. I've been super busy, and um, I just am struggling to come up with the match or comic of the month, and um, I, I just don't know what to do. So I say, you know what? Let me record this episode since I have it down, and hopefully something else will come to me and figure it out. You know, it's just I don't know. I'm kind of stuck here, so. This episode is the year in review, and um, I have pranked in order the shows and movies we have seen this year in 2022 from Marvel. We've only seen one from, I think, was it, wasn't it one from DC, which is Black Adam, uh, or in the Batman, um, and the Batman's over Black Adam there. <laughs> um, but... I will go into my ranking. Actually, usually when I do lists, I don't rank them. This is a ranked list. And I'll say why I ranked it this and why I liked about it and why I didn't like about it. And I will go from there. So let's start from number seven. Out of seven shows and movies we watched, Thor Love and Thunder is number seven. It is by far the worst movie I think I've seen out of Marvel since Black Widow. And... Even Black Widow had some redeeming traits, like Yelena. Um, but to me, Thor Love and Thunder was... My, I've only seen it once. When I first watched it, I was like, okay, this isn't as bad as people were saying it is. It's not for me. And that was the year of, the, of MCU t- for me. This was the year of so many things not being for me and my demographic. And that is okay. But reason why I rank this seven, I say it's a bad film, is because they leaned way too much on the comedy and less on the things we should have seen. Like, why cut in the middle of the scene where you see uh, Jane Foster about to become Thor? Like, why why do that, right? That's, that's not good, you know? Um, like... Legitimately, that would have been one of the most badass scenes to see. Why so less of gore? Like, we should see him killing people and him getting stronger. Not him just being... He, legitimately, they made they, they took Christian Bale. And they took the best stuff. And it's probably on a cutting room floor. Like, to me... You obviously missed the dynamic between Jane and Thor. And Thor, that was good. Valkyrie, who was the new king of Asgard, felt like a complete afterthought. They even brought Sif back for two scenes. And bad acting. I know she was directed to act that way, but it was bad acting. Don't doesn't matter. Um obviously having Russell Crowe's take on uh uh 
Zeus was hilarious. Um, you, we get the introduction of Hercules. Um, otherwise, I didn't really enjoy the film. To be honest with you, I just didn't enjoy it. Um, and, but once again, this was not meant for me. This was definitely meant for a... <clears throat> and I can watch a rom-com. Like, let's not... Let's not, like, and that's the thing I'm very careful of, is saying something's not for me, but then people saying, well, you just don't enjoy it. No, I can watch rom-com. I can watch rom-com and enjoy a rom-com, right? Like, um, what's that movie? Friends with Benefits, right? It's not, it has Justin Timberlake and Mila Kunis in it. I think their chemistry in that movie is pretty badass, right? When I watch it, what I, I cut it on, but, oh, yeah, this is the best thing ever. Here we go. No. I won't, but if I'm sitting there with someone like, I don't know, a significant other or whatever, and they have it on, I wouldn't be like, come on, babe, cut this shit off. Like, you know, I, no, I would be like, okay, cool, what's on? Like, I can watch a rom-com, but when you're a rom-com in a Marvel movie or a comic book movie, and you're leaning way too much onto the comedy side of things, when you literally have a villain named Gore the God Butcher, I can't, I just can't get with that, so... That's why this is number seven. There are very few things I enjoyed, um, and I just and I just feel like uh, I think the Takiki Takiki uh, I can't pronounce his name, but you guys know the director. I cannot pronounce his name, um, but I think he did nothing wrong in this film. He did what he did in the first film. The difference is the first film, the third film, Thor Ragnarok. It was refreshing and it was fresh to people. Because it was such a different take on the Thor character than we've seen. And unfortunately for the Thor franchise, it's so I want to have four films and they've had rocky beginnings, they've had rocky middles. Like it's just been production has been rocky for them through all four films. As far as like the tone and where they want to go with this particular character. And also you gotta remember we've had different takes on this character due to this character being directed by now literally five different people. The Russo brothers, which is two people. Um, the, the guy who did the second film, I don't remember. The guy who did the first film, and three and four. And so, everyone's trying to get a different direction out of him. And so it's one of those things where it's like, okay, I get that. You know? Um, so, a little off balance here, but just not my thing. Speaking of not my thing, number six, Miss Marvel. Um, once again, I, I was not excited about watching this, 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 this show. I was honest about it. I watched it. It's not for me, but this one, I can see, hopefully, hopefully, I'm doing air quotes, you can see me doing air quotes. Hopefully, um, all this, uh, Young Avengers and when we finally see these characters come together. Hopefully it is worth it, and hopefully they they they're able to draw money, because uh, they're now investing a lot in Young Avengers, and so I think this was good for what it was. I love the representation. We actually actually know people who have been in Pakistan and people who are Pakistani, and like I was asking them like how some of the scenes look and stuff like that, and they were very impressed at some of the accuracy of it. So that's pretty freaking cool there. Um, Obviously, the post-credit scene for me, you seeing uh, the Bengals, and you see how that is 
are the Ten Rings, and they're going to be a bigger part of this Phase 4, or the Multiverse Phase. Um, obviously, Miss Marvel making a cameo was a huge thing. Um, Marvel's been able to do things that other people just haven't, like getting Brie Larson to do a TV show, even if it's for a cameo. Having Samuel L. Jackson go into his own TV show as a lead, which is next year, which is Secret Invasion. Um, this is all very fascinating. So um, I don't actually have much negative to say about it because I knew going into it wasn't going to be for me. Um, I think that the change to make Miss Marvel a mutant was a very interesting change. Um, I still feel like it wasn't necessary, but here's my thing. They obviously don't believe in the Inhumans. And honestly, the Inhumans are so hard to do. And because Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. They, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. went into the human Inhumans aspect of it hard. I think they did a pretty good adaption of it. I don't care what anyone says. To me, the first season was slow. At the beginning of it. And then it could, because they were waiting for the Winter Soldier to drop. And that's when everything was going to hit the fan, right? I think once that happened, I think... Then boom, they were they were able to become who they want to be. But I think when you dig into the Inhumans aspect, as much as they did, and I get it, it's not canon or it's canon when they wanted to be. I think it's hard to go into it when you can't go into the the leadership of it and and like Black Bolt and all these other people. And, and also, I think people don't have interest in them. You know, so making her a mutant and having her as the first record, well, no, actually, technically, well, they didn't call Xavier a mutant, but technically, we, we know Xavier was like the first air quotes mutant that they had in the MCU. Now we've had three introduced in this year alone. I think that was an interesting aspect. I want to see where they go with it um, and how deep and how far it goes. Number five. Moon Knight. This was a hard one because I liked this show a lot. I actually can't think of anything I disliked about it. But it, the reason why it's so low is because the thing I hate is uncertainty, right? I remember I was watching a show one time called Lie to Me. It actually has a Emil Blonsky in it. I can't remember his real name, but he was in the show. It was about a personal. Technically, technically, he was like a a, a real life lie detector, which is going to be completely inadmissible in court, right? But uh, the show was actually pretty decent, right? It went two seasons, and I remember me and someone I know uh, were watching. It was a good show. Fox canceled it. Now they canceled it, and they did it in the most cowardice way. They they they, they said the third season was coming. Two seasons one and two hit Netflix. I think they're still on Netflix. Cold lie to me. Don't watch it. It's waste your time. Because there's, there's no follow-up. And in the middle of the summer, they decided to cancel it. I was like, what a fucking waste. Like, to me, I said this when I reviewed it. Moon Knight has a place in the MCU. Especially after watching Werewolf by Night. Moon Knight has a place. The the history, the the uh, the, the, the character. They did every, To me, I enjoyed all of it, right? The thing I hate was the uncertainty of, well, we're not going to do a season two. Well, this character may not even come back. I, I, I know he's going to come back at least one time. We know that, right? We, But here's my thing. I hate uncertainty. And I'm like, all right, I just invested six hours of my day or my life 
into this character, into this show, which to me was a pretty badass show. I loved the scenes with Moon Knight. I love how I took the power away to give it back. I loved all of it, right? But the uncertainty caused me to rank it this low because I hate uncertainty in my entertainment. I hate when I do it as a creator. I hate when the, I hate when other creators promise stuff, and I just, I just freaking hate it. So that's why this is number five. I like to, obviously, the, the woman who played the love interest, super gorgeous, did great um, as, a, as, a, as, the, as the sidekick, or I, I'm not trying to disrespect her, but as a second lead, excuse me. Um, and I think just the, us actually seeing a, a gunshot, a killing, air quotes, killing, you know, and Ethan, and Ethan Hawke, who had played a hell of a villain. You know, it was like a psych, it's like, it's like a psych trip. You know, watching the show, but the uncertainty is the reason why I had to put it number five. Number four, speaking of Werewolf by Night, it's Werewolf by Night. I thought it was a good special. And by the way, for the record, I did not say this, which I should have. I did not count the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, Christmas special. I did not watch it. I don't care about it. Um, I've seen like the reviews of it. Everyone loves it, but it, has, it doesn't do anything for me to watch. I just don't care. I'm here. I'm only here for Guardians of the Galaxy three to see Alan fucking Warlock. I know the the, the trailer has dropped. I have watched it only once, but I'm only here for that. To see Adam Warlock kick their ass. Um, but Werewolf by Night, I thought it was really fun to see Man-Thing, to see Werewolf, to see El- Elsa fucking Bloodstone. Um, I liked the, I liked, I loved all 45 minutes of this, and it was smart. They told the story of her getting the Bloodstone in 45 minutes. We didn't need a six-hour uh, movie, air quotes, or a TV show to do it. So they're showing what they can do in a variety of ways to appease fans and make sure that you don't have to invest so much time in this origin story and that origin story. You just come right in and boom, boom, boom. I thought it was great. Loved every second of it. It's only ranked so much lower because I did like the other three things more and we got more time with it. And I know one of them is going to be really controversial. You guys probably already know which one that one, which one that is. But I think for what this was... And they can do these all day. They can do these at least two or three times. They've already done it twice this year. We're going to the galaxy and this. They can do it two or three more times next year, and it's going to benefit them because it's going to be less than a production cost, and it's just going to be fun to fucking watch, you know? So that's cool. Number three, She-Hulk. Probably the most controversial on this list. I actually binged it in increments of three because it was nine episodes. And I watched the first three episodes, like when the first six came out. Then when the then when the last three came out, I watched six. Then watched nine. Um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the different take on the character. I enjoyed the cameo from Bruce Banner and, and essentially him because he's a huge part of the origin story. Now, for these, for, we've already talked about this in, uh, before, but they changed the origin story up just a little bit. Um, I loved how she didn't like herself. But she want, but she loved being a She-Hulk form because that is true to the comics. I I love the connection with her and Daredevil. Now you legitimately have Daredevil, who's now shown well, Daredevil. Well, technically Matt Murdock has shown him in two MCU projects now. Uh, but we have we seen Daredevil. It was a less jokey. It was a more jokey take on this side of Daredevil. I think that was by design because of what the show he was in. I don't think it's gonna be the same when Born Again comes out. I don't think it's going to be the same next year when Echo comes out. I think we're going to see the darker take. Um, but I think this was needed to show Matt Murdock's range. 
but also to show that he is a part of the greater MCU. So to see Daredevil in action was cool with She-Hulk. Um, I loved the, the last episode where legitimately they just, they were so different from the MCU. I don't think people knew what to say. I, I remember like before I even watched it, I seen the, the hate it was getting. I was like, wow, this thing must be fucking bad, right? Start watching it. I was like, nah, dude, this is dope. To essentially say what the fans' complaints are. They're saying what your complaints are. And even if they're legit or not, they're making fun of you for complaining about this. Because you're getting something different and you're still complaining about it. Fucking hilarious. I thought that was really, really hilarious. Um, I just love to take... But I'm also a huge She-Hulk fan. I love She-Hulk. I love uh, the confidence that she brings. Uh, knowing who she is. I also loved how uh, in order for Jen to accept She-Hulk, she had to accept herself. I love. I know people aren't going to like the Abomination take. They, they made the Abomination more likable because it's, it's clear. He's a part of the, uh, the Thunderbolts. Don't know where that's going. That seems... That all that whole thing seems to be weird considering what we saw in Black Panther and who's putting the team together. That's weird to me. But um, She-Hulk, I thought it was, I thought it was an eight out of ten for a show. You know, I did think some of the stuff was ridiculous, but I, but when the end game was said and done, it made sense in the end. So kudos to She-Hulk for changing the game. Number two will be the most controversial. This is so low on everyone else's list. I like Doctor Strange. I like the Multiverse of Madness. I said when Phase 4 was announced, this this is the movie I was looking forward to. And honestly, I think for, to get this movie down in two hours and to make sure that they got in as much as they could with the rewrites they had to do, I I thoroughly enjoyed the Well, first of all, and I said this one before the movie even came out. If these characters, which was a JV Illuminati, if they were in the movie for more than 10, 10 minutes, it's not a cameo. So they only could be in the movie for 10 minutes. This was all to set up the multiverse and to show that, and to talk about incursions, because those will be a thing from now on. And this, this was all set up to get to the next thing. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I've watched it two or three times. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, 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 I think America Chavez is going to be a big-time player coming up. I think she's going to be... I've never said this until now. I think she's going to be the reason they're able to save Ant-Man and the Wasp. Because I'm pretty sure... And obviously, this is being recorded before Ant-Man and the Wasp comes out. I'm pretty sure Ant-Man and the Wasp are going to be the ones that get stuck in the multi in, in the quantum realm after Kang fucks Ant-Man and his family over completely, even though they fucked up first. Um... I think she's going to be the key, though. Now, the Wanda twist, I will say that was kind of weird. As far as having her pretend to crush herself, she's not dead. We know that. We know she's a huge part of Phase 4's plans. They've already announced that. I don't. I didn't get that last scene. I didn't get why that was even written. You know, maybe just her dealing with her grief in her own way, maybe. Um, so that part I did not care for too much. Um, the third eye. I actually texted Jonathan Esther about this once I saw something. I know it's kind of a part of the the the, the history of uh, Doctor Strange as a punishment for being a part of the Dark Hole, but I don't remember it in the story, in the comics very much. That's kind of a blur. So I'm interested to see where that goes. And also you have fucking Charlize Theron as the sister of fucking Dormammu, who is a love interest to Doctor Strange in the comics, um, and they're going to 
go stop incursions together. So essentially, he started an incursion. He he started an incursion to save a kid. So now he is kind of at fault for this, even though he's different. Once again, Sir Patrick Stewart brought it as Professor X. I don't care what anyone says. You can say that Marvel has a nostalgia problem. You can say this. You can say that. Fuck you. Give me more of the, uh, Sir Patrick Stewart. And the fact that they were able to lean on lines from the Sony product, and to show that this, and to show that mutants are so crucial to Marvel, like mutants, Marvel will obviously came mutants were a thing before, right? But it was just Neymar. You bring the X Men into it, it brings a whole different level of sophistication to the stories. And to me, to me, seeing. That scene, John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic, he looked magnificent. You know, the only thing I the only thing I complained about was the JV fucking Illuminati sitting here preaching, and Doctor Strange's like, "Hey, you're gonna get your ass kicked." No, they wouldn't. They, she can't do that. Yeah, dude, you have like Ultron centuries that are being absolutely fucking destroyed. Fucking Wanda's covered in blood, and yeah, and she, we saw murder. She murdered them, and they deserved it. I can do this all day. No, you can't because you're dead. <laughs> so like that that was annoying but i thoroughly enjoyed it i i just but once again i was looking forward to it. the same way i was looking forward to the falcon and Winter soldier and so many people hate that and i get it you don't like your your stuff woke right air quotes but a part of it a part of a black man carrying the stars and stripes is a part of being woke so whatever we don't need to go back there but that's my that's my take on that and number one is obvious is black panther wakanda forever um Look, it didn't have much competition this year. Let's just let's just be real. For as much as I like Doctor Strange, it wasn't Black Panther didn't have much competition. Now, when did Ryan Coogler become fucking Zack Snyder with three-hour movies in slow motions? Don't know. Um, but he had a Herculean task. The crew, the cast, Marvel, everyone had a Herculean task in doing what they did here. Because you lose Mr. Bozeman, you lose your king. You lose your story. How do you make this work? Along with all of the drama behind the scenes, how does this, how do you make this work? And he made it work. We got Shuri as the new Black Panther. We got a cameo from Killmonger. We got uh, Queen Ramonda dying on her sword to protect Riri uh, Williams. We, we've seen an Oscar, and I said this, an Oscar-winning performance from Angela Bassett. We've seen callbacks that we have, we don't see very often in MCU, or we don't get to see. Like we didn't get a chance to see Iron Man and Bucky come together, and maybe Bucky be forgiven because Iron Man sacrificed himself for the greater good. We've seen Queen Ramonda call out the leader of the Dormelage. Hey, you weren't loyal to us. You weren't you weren't loyal to my family. You were loaded to somebody who took and cheated throne, right? Um, like you've seen certain things that you just don't see much in MCU films, in my opinion, from my take. But Queen Ramonda was the best thing about that movie. Seeing Shuri come and have to accept loss and have to come back and be the leader. But understand that she can't be the leader that they need right now. But they And understand that the Black Panther wasn't just a mantle. It was so much more than that. You know, Neymar. Neymar was badass. Neymar was, and, and, and 
seeing him kill was crucial. He was killing. Like, this dude, like, like he was, that just threatening. He was killing. And so, it, this, to me, was an interesting take. I'm, I'm curious to see where the Black Panther franchise goes from here. Um... I'm curious to see where Shuri goes from here. Where Mbaku, Mbaku's the new king of Wakanda. Where does he go from here? Where does Neymar go from here? Because I'm assuming the only way Neymar gets brought back into the war for the surface level, because he wanted to kill the surface level, is when Shuri says, hey, we need your help. All right? And also, that fight scene was a brutal fight scene. I think it was the most brutal fight scene. I said this just a month ago. I think that was the most brutal fight scene we've seen in the MCU. That was personal. That was that was powerful. Wings being taken off, vibrate, um, vibram being thrown through people's fucking stomachs. It was fucking brutal. Um, so yeah, it didn't have much competition this year. Let's just get that out of the way. But it is number one. It's number one for a reason. And also, last question I have about Black Panther. Valentina, are work. I mean, are they going to invade Wakanda, and will and will the Thunderbolts be the ones to invade Wakanda for their vibranium? That leaves Bucky on the same. Who has a vibranium arm? How does he get recruited into the Thunder? This is all going to be fascinating to me. So, um, that is your year in review. My top seven. Well, that's the only seven they had. We well, had eight, but we watched seven. Um, number one is Black Panther. Number two is Doctor Strange. Number three is She-Hulk. Number four is Werewolf by Night. Number five is Moon Knight. Number six is Miss Marvel. Number seven is Thor. So uh, I, I will talk to you guys on the first of January. That will be the last show before our hiatus. Um, we're gonna do a lot of things on that show. So uh, we'll check that out. You guys have a safe, happy New Year. Uh, take an Uber if you're drunk or high or whatever you do. No, have a designated driver or whatever. Just be safe. Either way, I am so chemical. I'll talk to you guys in 2023. And we're out.